Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. So the reason why we build shipmates is because there's a big logistics problem in the Philippines because not only are we a country made out of 7,000 islands, so it's already hard as it is to ship out anything from point A to point B. But imagine that like, there's so much infrastructure that's yet to be built because a lot of our couriers are still, um, I would say, like in the early stages of developing like the, the courier SaaS or whatever that is. So shipmates comes, we built shipmates to make shipping easier for for online sellers because um, when we were talking to online sellers and we were asking how they did their shipping, it was it's either they they had to physically drop off packages in a mall or call a courier manually. We didn't think this is the right way to do logistics, especially since we can see that uh, e-commerce is just really booming in the Philippines, man. Like it's it's on a different level now, and you can't you know you can't sustain that growth if logistics logistics is still manual. So that's why we built Shipmates to just make everything automated from end to end. Good evening, good afternoon, and uh, good morning to everybody watching us live from all over the Philippines and from all over the world. And welcome to my podcast, the RJ Ledesma Podcast. In my podcast, I interview the country's trailblazing business personalities and entrepreneurs to learn more about how they think about doing business. What are their success secrets? Can we use those same success secrets in our businesses? How have they innovated their businesses during this pandemic? But more importantly, what opportunities do they see emerging in this new, new normal? Is there a business personality or entrepreneur that you would like me to have interviewed here on the podcast? Please let me know. Drop me a message. I would love to learn from them. We are also live right now on YouTube, Kumu, CBRC TV, Global Finance TV, and the Bounce Back Network. Tonight, my guest, they just were able to raise 2.2 million US dollars in seed funding for their startup. We have the CEO of Shipmates, Josh Supan. Shipmates is a company that aims to become the go-to shipping tool for online merchants in the Philippines while bolstering the country's shipping infrastructure. Its current platform allows online sellers to compare rates between different couriers and book standard or multiple orders. Let's find out more about this up-and-coming tech startup. Please welcome here to the show, Josh Supan. Josh, welcome to uh, the RJ Ledesma podcast. Hi, everyone. Hi, RJ. Thanks for the invite. Josh, thanks so much for joining us. The big news from you again. Uh, you guys just closed your... Is that your seed round? Is that right? Yeah, it's, a, it's our seed round. Yeah. Wow. Again, 2.2 million US dollars. Can you just fathom that one? Uh, when you first found out that you were getting that seed, what was your reaction? I've asked other people as well, you know, when, when they get their seed rounds, you know, how, how does it feel initially? Um. Uh, is it was it exciting? Scary? Was it something that you expected? Um, okay, so I guess like the first five minutes, you're of course very excited because of course I found out about this like two months ago, right? Because we were raising the fund. But 
after the first five minutes, like the sixth minute, the, the, there comes the dread a bit. Because you know, you know the, how the game works for startups, right? Like it's not a regular business. You have to, you know, 10x that in a year, 20x that in, you know, God knows how long. So yeah, I'm I'm more on the dread part right now, but definitely very thankful that I have the opportunity to build something big here in the Philippines. Well, and tell us a bit more about the the investors in the company. Who were they and who were the I guess we I mean they're all noteworthy, but which one should we pay attention to among the investors whom you brought in uh for your first round? Well, so a lot of our investors are from Silicon Valley because, like, you know, like our first investor, the one who really believed in us and really changed the trajectory for us is really Y Combinator. Once we got in, that's when it became a lot easier to raise money. But in terms of not just an accelerator, like an investor themselves, the one we're very excited to get is uh, Wavemaker because I don't know if you know this, but Wavemaker is ran by uh, a Filipino himself. Uh, so it was very nice to. He invested all over the all over the globe, but it, it was definitely nice that you know a fellow Filipino was in our cap table. That's Paul Santos, right? Yeah, it's Paul Santos. Yeah. Yeah. Um, many many years ago, I used to work for Procter and Gamble. Paul Santos was one of the brand managers when I was an assistant brand manager. So he's really made lots of leaps and bounds, and literally waves as he's now. <laughs> that, that's what he's doing right now for the venture capital industry out of Singapore. So really, kudos to yeah. to the team of uh, Paul Santos and WaveMaker Partners over there. So uh, it, it's a really great investment. They're very excited about your company. Now, I know that you've had to train yourself on how to speak uh, or how to make the pitch for what, what, what you guys do. So what was your pitch, I guess, uh, when you put together Shipmates? So the reason why we build Shipmates is because there's a big uh, logistics problem in the Philippines because not only are we a country made out of 7,000 islands, so it's already hard as it is to ship out anything from point A to point B. But imagine that like, there's so much infrastructure that's yet to be built because a lot of our couriers are still, um, I would say, like in the early stages of developing like their, their courier SaaS or whatever that is. So shipmates comes, we built shipmates to make shipping easier for for online sellers because um, when we were talking to online sellers and we were asking how they did their shipping, it was it's either they they had to physically drop off packages in a mall or call a courier manually. We didn't think this is the right way to do logistics, especially since we can see that uh, e-commerce is just really booming in the Philippines, man. Like it's mm-hmm. it's on a different level now, and you can't you know you can't sustain that growth if logistics is, logistics is still manual. So that's why we built Shipmates to just make everything automated from end to end. Got it. So it's really automating the shipping process from end to end. And I want to go a bit more later on into the process which helped you develop the problem, I guess, and then finally what the, what the product is here right now. But then what, in, in the end, where can they go, like, right, let's say right now, they want to check out Shipmates. Is it an app right now? Is it a platform? Is it a website? Yeah, it's a website. Uh, it's, like, uh, it's a platform on a website, actually. So they can check us out as shipmates.app. That's .app. So uh, if you're an online seller looking to make their lives easier with with with, their, with regards to shipping please check us out there's so many ways we can help you okay now let, let's try to simplify it if you were to put it in just a few words what exactly is shipmates so uh, in layman's terms it's basically if you have a website all your orders get fed straight into shipmates and then from there you can choose a courier for booking automatically so let's say if you choose let's say grab Grab just goes to you, picks up the item, and you don't have to worry about it anymore. Also, for let's say if you're shipping anything in Mindanao, we also have standard couriers like JNT and Entregro, where 
if you choose JNT, JNT just goes to you, picks up the item, and you don't have to worry about it anymore. So no need for you to go to a mall, drop off your packages in a in you know a, a stall or something like that. Uh, the couriers go to you if you use Shipmates. Oh, perfect, perfect. So now that, that we've gone through what what Shipmates is, I mean, it sounds very simple right now, but the process to get there <laughs> might not have been as simple as you have made Definitely it. Definitely not. Yeah. So, no. Josh, before everything, let's take a step back and tell us a bit more about uh, what your own background was, because you know we were we were uh, chatting before this came up, and you know how how this all came together it didn't seem it didn't strike me as being somebody from the tech startup field. Really, you're just somebody who came across a problem. So, tell me about the secret origin now of Shipmates. How did how did it come about? Well, okay. So for me specifically, it started very early on. Like, I guess I can start with like when I was born, I really knew I wanted to be in business uh, because in my family. There's not a lot of business people. Um, they're either pastors or or an employee in a, in a certain place. And that was usually the, the trajectory for me, which I guess is the case for a lot of Filipino families. They want you to have a stable career. So I wanted to break the mold a bit and, and be in business uh, very early on. But I knew, and this is back in, in college, and I'm 30 now, so that's like eight years ago, where I really wanted to get into e-commerce because I was following like the early days of Amazon and stuff. And I thought that was a good solution for the Philippines because imagine it's really hard to ship out anything to like, in the Philippines. If you're, and, and the thing is, I went to college in Davao. So I knew how hard is it to get goods from Manila to Davao. And e-commerce seemed like a good solution. So when I graduated, the first job I took, one of the first early jobs I took was with SM because in my head, I want to understand brick and mortar before I do e-commerce. So I worked with them for five years. I eventually got a job where I did leasing for them. So if you know anything about leasing, that's basically selling brick and mortar spaces to the brands. And there was a point that the brands were telling me that, Josh, I don't want to open anymore in all your malls. Like I said, there's like 500 malls to buy an SM and they didn't want to open anymore. So I was telling them, Okay, so why can't you just go online? And this was back in 2016, 2017, when the only player of e-commerce back then was Lazada. Like they're the only ones there. Mm -hmm. they, they were just starting. So the habit of buying online wasn't ingrained yet the Philippines. So I was telling them that obviously you have to, you know, build your own site, do a DTC site, and that's a better way to reach your customers. So when they told me that we want to do that, but nobody can help us, that's when me and my co-founder, David, who is, by the way, my childhood friend and the only tech guy I knew, I was <laughs> like, hey, Dave, why can't we just, can you do this for me? Let's build websites for people. So that's what we did. All the, all, that was, your all first, the that was the first, from, a, from an entrap standpoint, that was your first pain point that you were trying to solve. You saw that Correct. people needed yeah. to create websites where there was some some kind of e-commerce behind it. Is that right? Correct. Yes. It's it basically transforming the brick and mortar retailers into online retailers because okay. they were struggling to reach like, I don't know, Jensan, Tagigarao and all those places. Right? They can't really expand there. So it was obvious to me that you have to build something online so that the Philippines can really reach your brand. So uh, when they said that there wasn't a solution for that yet and they didn't want, they didn't want to do it themselves, me and my co-founder David uh, built an e-commerce enabler that help the brands go online for the very first time. Uh, but so we did that for, I think, like three years from 2017 to 2020. But then we realized that the problem wasn't just getting online anymore. And, you know, that's also the time that e-commerce was really growing. Um, I, I believe in 2019, I think the value of e-commerce was 3 billion and it hit 20 billion by, I sorry, 12 billion by 2020. So it's really spiked there. But we saw that the problem wasn't getting online anymore because 
there was a lot of solutions for them to go online. But we realized what, what their pain point now is really shipping because when we spent time with the brands, uh, and these are, mind you, very, very big name brands, like brands you would see in the mall, they would physically get their packages if they have online orders and then go to a mall, drop off the packages there and then write on a way bill and do everything manually. And then me and my co-founder thought that that's not right. Like, why can't the career just go to you? So we built a version one of Shipmates that connected you know, different websites to a courier that, directly. And that's the hard part of the, uh, the product because couriers here are not really that much sure yet when it comes to integrations and, and getting, you know, connecting to online orders. They still prefer the manual way of doing uh, deliveries. So that's where we spun it off in 2021 because we decided that, hey, we don't really like building websites. We want to focus on solving the shipping problem here. So that's when we really dropped everything and just focused on, on Shipmates, our, our courier platform. Okay, so tell me a bit more now. When you finally decided that you know you weren't doing, you were pivoting from your original business model to doing Shipmates. I mean, what was the business that you were dropping? The the the, the e-commerce websites was that already a stable cash flow for you, or that wasn't quite uh, stable yet when you decided to to pivot your business model? I would say so because if you know anything about like retail in the Philippines, there's like five major retailers and. Four of those major retailers were using Shipmates to get on. I sorry, using our first company to get online. So we were happy. We didn't have to raise money. It was bootstrapped, and uh, it was really growing also. But that's where the mindset also changed for us because we were running it like a traditional business, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, you know, basic P and Ls, cash flow, and all those things. But what we quickly learned uh, when starting a SaaS company or a startup company is that the mindset between a business owner or a traditional business owner and a startup founder is very, very, very different. That's why it took us two accelerators accelerators to learn this, like how to run a startup. But yeah, I'm glad that we're here now. Okay, got that. Now, help us right now. So you're saying that when you... Sh- now I want to go into that mindset, that, that mindset shift that you had to make from you know being that traditional sort of brick and mortar with... Well, in the sense that you were doing e-commerce, but you know, but just building websites, not this, there wasn't much integration over there. But then uh, eventually to becoming to developing that that startup mindset. So at, at the start, you were saying, okay, you were bootstrapping. You knew that shipmates was something that you wanted to do, and it was supposed to be a SaaS. And for those who don't understand SaaS, that means as software as a, as a service. It means that uh, maybe Josh, maybe you can explain to the people right now who might not be familiar with the term SaaS. What exactly do you mean by SaaS? Yeah, so the typical way of doing software before like SaaS companies is you hire a dev team internally for let's say you have a business, you hire a dev team and then they build out the product for you. But SaaS is an uh, an uh, segment of tech where somebody builds it for you. Like uh, it builds like a, a machine that you can use that you can subscribe to and you get the service you want without hiring a dev team. So yeah. So and that's what you're planning to take it. You're planning to take make shipmates uh, a SaaS, basically. Software Correct. Service. Yes, we wanted it so to be accessible for not just the brands that we were dealing with, but even the SMEs. Because when we saw that, um, so an, a trend we also saw is the enterprise clients and the marketplaces. Their market share in terms of how many parcels uh, is being shipped out in the Philippines was steadily going down because. A lot more sellers, like uh, the people who sell on Facebook or on Shopify, on WooCommerce, they were really, really growing and they were growing fast, especially since the pandemic, because I think a lot of people lost their jobs during 2020, which is, of course, a sad truth. But their solution to it is 
I'm just gonna sell something on Facebook. Like I'm gonna make a page. I'm gonna start by putting, I don't know, my my handmade bags out on Facebook. And mm-hmm. those are all contributors of e-commerce. So just very, very similar to Indonesia and, and other Southeast Asian markets. Um, the trend usually is it starts first. If a country doesn't know how to do e-commerce, it starts high with with marketplaces and it eventually settles down to more of a shared, you know, um, ecosystem between marketplaces and uh, the DTC brands. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So that's what Okay, cool. So it means, uh, what you mean is it's between a marketplace that's online or that you create online or a website created by the, by, Correct. by yeah. the, Leveraging by the, uh, retailer. Correct. Or by yes. the, own, by, by the company. Now I'm looking at your timeline and you were saying that's like 2017, right? up to mm-hmm. 2020. So when the pandemic struck, was Shipmates already in place or was the pandemic an accelerator for your idea to shift from the e-commerce website to Shipmates? Right. So, okay, so what happened during the pandemic is, of course, a lot of the brands wanted to go online. So they, they started reaching out to us to go online and stuff. But the thing is, if it's a bootstrap company, you don't necessarily have the manpower to, to serve all these guys. And I also understand this from their perspective. They weren't also able to pay for the websites uh, uh, on time during the pandemic because these guys, we, we were dealing with people who had brick and mortar spaces, right? So... Obviously, this was these guys were closed for what three six months. So of course, like uh, everybody was taking a hit. So that that's when we also realized that this doesn't have as high as a potential as we think it does. Because it's a service, right? Like we still have to do it. We have to hire developers to do the project and stuff like that. So there's a lot of back and forth. And I was also trying to raise money for my first company, and it never worked out because they would give me a feedback where. I think your potential is $20 million to $100 million max. But that's not really why you do startups, right? You do startups so that you build something that can be worth hundreds of millions of dollars or even mm-hmm. a billion, billions of dollars, right? So that's when me and my, my co-founder really stopped everything we were doing. And we were like, hey, what can we do that can really grow to has this much potential? And that's where we landed with Shipmate. So it took us a long time to develop it because it's very, very hard to build logistics infrastructure for a country that's a little bit behind when it comes to uh, these features. But, you know, we really pushed through. And other, there was a lot of things we had to unlearn also, you know, running a traditional business, like I said, uh, and, how, and how to think like a founder. Okay. I wanted to ask more about that one. You said there's a lot of things that you had to unlearn. Now, yeah. uh, in the process, many people don't realize, or I was going to say that, you know, uh, one of the, you were mentioning earlier on, and in the articles which came about Shipmate is that, you guys joined Y Combinator 
And for many people, Y Combinator is sort of like, that's sort of like the MBA school or, you know, that's the top <laughs> school if you want to learn uh, how to do your startup better. That's the uh, companies like Caliber went through Y Combinator. Com- companies like Mad Eats as well uh, went through uh, Y Combinator. And, and Paymongo, uh, many of the up-and-coming uh, Filipino tech startups went through there. What exactly is the significance so that people here also first-time entrepreneurs or tech startup entre- entrepreneurs, why was Y Combinator so a big deal for you guys to join? Yeah, so the thing for us is, I, I know a lot of founders in the Philippines are struggling to, to you know, sometimes raise money or or get their product off the ground, especially in, in the tech industry, right? But the reason why YC was very important for me, my co-founder, is not just, you know, not just the brand itself, right? So it's very, you know, uh, it's it's easy to raise. Honestly, I, I I'll be transparent. It's very easy to raise money if you're a YC company. Uh, but more than that, it really hits you in the head where this is how you should think, right? The, and and then the thing is, the people who are giving you advice are you know. Um, so it's a three month program uh, for anybody who doesn't know. And the people teaching you are also amazing founders. Like you hear the stories of people who built Airbnb, uh, of, of Stripe, of Coinbase, of of Reddit, and you get to learn for pe- from people who actually have done it and in, 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 in a bigger capacity. So that was the main thing really what we got from YC where it's just a hit in the head where just, you know, how do you run a startup and how do you scale your startup? So those are things that, yeah, the name is great and all, but getting out of the three-month program was, was honestly life-changing for me and my co-founder. Okay. And I'm sure when you entered, uh... Y Combinator, what you originally envisioned Chipmates to be is not what came out of Y Combinator. And that's usually the case for many different brands. When they come in, their first business model that they mm-hmm. envisioned is not the model because after a lot of consultation, a lot of speaking with a lot of founders, uh, the model changes along the way. Yeah. And not only that one, I mean, you said you had to unlearn um, certain things about being brick and mortar and then learn things about being a startup founder. Can we start off with that one first of all? I want to find out... Sure. When you were doing the program, what were the things that you had to unlearn that you can share with many of the of the listeners here right now? What are the things you had to unlearn as a traditional brick and mortar? But technically, you were you were in IT or you were in e-commerce. Yeah. You were still had that. You still had that traditional mentality. What were the things that you had to, to shift in your thinking? I guess number one is number one definitely is not to wait to be perfect because. The typical business mindset is, oh, I have to perfect my product. I, and I'm not saying that this is a wrong mindset. You definitely have to do it for, for some stuff. Like, I don't know, medicine, definitely you have to get it perfect before doing something, right? Um, but in, in, in the startup world, they want you to launch even if it's just a website or even if it's just an idea. And, and you know, if you can do things that don't scale, meaning how do you do this even if it's manual palang, or even if you haven't developed the item? you have to just launch as soon as possible. That was the mindset that really changed uh, because again, like with traditional business, you want to be perfect. You want to seem like a big company to get clients and stuff like that. But in in startup land, that's not the case. In startup land, you just have to launch because the value of that is it's hard to build something like a, a tech product that doesn't have customer feedback. So if you wait for you to be perfect, right? And you don't listen to your customers first. What happens is, you build something that you're not sure people want, right? And that's the that's the mantra of, of YC actually, is to build something that people want. So in order to do that, you have to talk to them very early. Even if you know, you're just doing it through Excel or you're doing it through one website or you're just a one-man team, 
you just have to launch it so that you can you know get feedback as soon as possible. So it's like like it's, that's what they would often call the minimum viable product or the MVP. Just come up with something where you just explain Correct. the functionalities. It doesn't all the functionalities don't even have to be there. You're just seeing do people right. would, would people like these functionalities on my app or on my platform? Correct. And yeah. if they do, you're you're onto something, right? Correct. Yes. Which okay. is typically not how businesses think, right? That's right. It's, like for me, I, I came from a company which is you know I, w- I was a brand manager for a company where you you could not fail. You had you know you had to come up the very the first product came out with had to be the ultimate product already. But I guess right now, even those companies are rethinking uh, how to approach the market, especially now where we can do right. a lot of what they call pilot testing or A-B testing, you know, test two different, uh, two, two different products over there. So uh, we talked about, first of all, you, you talked about, uh, you know, how, how, you know, you can't be perfect when you launch, you know, so you, you're, it's built in, in other words, iteration or failure is sort of built into your, into your uh, first product, <laughs> right? Yeah, now, yes. What's the second? What what else did you learn? Uh, what else did you have to unlearn and relearn uh, as a start to, to become a traditional to to start a founder? Uh, another thing, I, I wouldn't say that it's a difference of mindset from businesses, but another thing that is really imprinted uh, in you very early is that the concept of startups is like this. So it's like let's say there's a cliff, right? And this the concept of startups is you just jump off the cliff and build the plane on the way down. That's not necessarily like uh, opposed to like how businesses think, but that's where you know pivots start to happen, iterations start to happen, and like you said, A/B testing and stuff like that. But that's the mindset you have to come up with. If you, I know, I, I bet RJ, there's a lot of like startup founders here listening to your pod, right? But I think that the one thing that people have to remember, if you want to build a startup, yeah, it's like that. Like it's it's that scary because you're taking a risk, right? You're jumping off. You're not sure what you're gonna do. But the thing is, you have to build it on the way down. Got that? Uh, or it's like it's like building the railroad tracks as the train is going, as, as the train is moving <laughs> forward, right? Yeah, correct. <laughs> yeah. And what, what else did you do? What else? Have, what other the other things that you think that were that you also picked up from uh, Y Combinator? Uh, other things is really focusing on on fundraising and telling your story. So contrary to popular belief, actually, um, when you're raising a seed or a pre-seed. What really matters is is your storytelling ability. Sometimes you're going to be met with with VCs or or, or your investors who who want to see like your your projections in ten years or or you know or your valuation cap or or your cap table or stuff like that. But the thing is, like especially learning from the San, uh, the investors from from the states is all they want to hear is uh, what's the problem you're you're trying to solve and what's your solution. And why you're the best person to do this. So again, a traditional business mindset will be like, lay out a business plan, have a marketing plan, you know, have projections, stuff like that, and then try to raise money. But what YC teaches you is that if you have the YC name, you just have to tell a story. And that's very, very important in getting investors and uh, getting your first employees and then also getting your first client. So it becomes more of a how you sell yourself more than, you know, all the nitty gritty about running a business. RJ, this is probably bad advice for people who's running a, a traditional business, which is probably a very, very good business. But this is just like the startup mindset, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and having said that, what, what what are your tips about storytelling? I guess that's an important thing as well. No? I'm sure they, they talk a lot about storytelling. Of course, you go, what's the problem? Why you can solve it? Why are you the best one to solve it? But was there a sort of technique or a or a way that they want you to approach storytelling? For me, uh, for us specifically, it's really selling the Philippines. Because uh, 
they're not from here. Uh, they don't know how the markets react in Philippines and South of Asia. They think it's still like, you know, as advanced sometimes at the United States, which is not the truth. Um, so it's mainly selling that fact first. Like you have to sell like this, you're building for the Philippines. I'm a Filipino founder. And these are the things that need to be addressed. Because if we want the Philippines to progress, we still have to do, you know, build infrastructure stuff like better ride sharing, better education, education tech, health tech, uh, logistics tech. There's a lot of things we still have to do. But yeah, we need more founders definitely to do stuff like this. Okay. Now, tell me a bit more, but what was the first product that you came up with uh, when you entered there? And what product did you eventually come out with? How did it iterate along the way? Actually, RJ, we didn't change our product. The product we came in with YC, yes, like there were some tips here and there on how to you know, address the market. But one thing definitely was ingrained in us is this is really built for uh, the SMBs or sorry, small and medium businesses. So we were trying to build like a product for, for enterprises and stuff like that. But what really you know, changed in our head is who to refocus on when it comes to the market in the Philippines. But I, I, there's a lot of stories like in, in, in our batch. There's a lot of people who you know, pivot every month because they can't like, find the, the right step. But what they really liked about Shipmates is because we knew what we were building and we knew who, who we were building it for and we knew what our, you know, the solution has to be. So we didn't really have to iterate a lot, RJ. So basically, you, you were okay over there. Now, now after, after I mean, it, it's amazing that you didn't have to change the product much because I hear many stories from YC when they come in, you know, the product yeah, you know, drastically shifts in form and nature uh, when they come through. But then after that one, the next part is the fundraising portion. And how did fund, how did tell us a bit more about the fundraising journey that you had to undergo from bootstrapping to fundraising? <laughs> yeah, and also we also joined an accelerator last year called Iterative. So we we had some funds already. Uh, and I have experience raising pre-YC and post-YC. Fundraising wise, the man, it's there's no exact science to it because investors are, have want different things and then look for different things. But again, like it's going back also to to just having conviction that this is a problem that you want to solve and having conviction that you are the best person to do this. Because when you come in with energy, and it can be draining. I just want to share with you, I talked to 70 people, uh, 70 wow. investors coming in. And sometimes it, it hurts. I, I mean, well, it doesn't hurt. But I mean, like if you get a no right on the spot, it, it kind of sucks, right? And then your mind, uh, you, get, you get beat down met mentally and stuff. But what you want to do if you're a fund, if you're a startup now trying to raise money is really come in with energy and clarity because that's all you can do. So you don't have, you don't have to have the best projections or, or whatever, the, whatever that is. What you have to have is, is enough conviction to, to convince this person or these investors that this is a problem that you really want to solve and you're the best person to do this. So it really starts with that. Fantastic. So almost everything was there uh, when you were getting all that. I mean, it seems to be that the, the product seemed to be almost fully formed uh, and you, you really had a great problem uh, that you want to solve. But tell me, tell me now, now moving forward, wh where do you imagine um, shipmates three to five years down the road? Oh, three to five years, we definitely don't want to just stay in the Philippines. We believe that you know, like this is needed for, for the Philippines because how we're thinking about it, RJ, is the Philippines is a country, 7,000 islands, all separate from one another, right? Like if you want to go to Mindanao, it's a three-day three drive. Uh, it's a two-hour flight, stuff like that. So we, we think that 
the problem in the Philippines when it comes to logistics is really the cross-border problem, right? It is really as hard. It's just hard to ship anything from from A to B. But that's the, if you see a macro view of it, it's also hard for Southeast Asia because we're that far from Vietnam, we're that far from Malaysia, and it's all separated by water. So what we want shipping to be eventually is to be somebody that scales. Like, so you know how I hate, I hate honestly, I, I hate the example, but you know how Uber is is taxis without a single taxi or Airbnb is hotels without a single hotel. That's what we want ShipBase to be. We want to be a courier without a single courier, just leveraging on our tech and and, and providing this for, for our clients. So we believe this is the right way to do shipping because it's hard to scale a shipping business manually in 7,000 islands. Imagine doing that for Southeast Asia. So I, I my, my bet is, and that's why we're doing this, is that this can scale to Southeast Asia uh, very, very quickly. Fantastic. And finally, I hope you don't mind, we'll start wrapping up this conversation we're having over here, Josh. Um, sure. You've learned so much in your quick startup journey, and you, you're very clear on your vision of where you want to take it. And I can really see the experience that's coming in. What would you like to share for other startup entrepreneurs listening to you right now? Mostly three things. Like I think I said these things to then. So first is just launch. Um, doesn't matter if you are not ashamed of your product when you launch it, you're doing something wrong. You have to have a, some level of shame that, oh my God, this is a shitty product. So I'm sorry, that's crazy. But yeah, yeah no you problem. just have to launch and stuff. Uh, second is talk to your customers because of course you need to get feedback. And sometimes the, the mindset, you get stuck with this mindset, oh, I know what I'm going to do. And, but you know, like I, I think I'm, I'm presenting this very well, right? Like there's clarity in the vision of shipmates and, and our direction and stuff. But this is not because, you know, I didn't have, like when we started it, this is not the vision. Like this had to change over time, and this has to had to solidify over time. But it also came from talking to our customers. We we asked what you guys want, and we build it for them. But the underlying thing is how do we solve logistics in the Philippines? So there's a lot of of ways to do it. Uh, but yeah, you only learn it if you talk to actual people who are willing to pay you. And third, uh, this is an insight I think I can share with you. In the states, if you raise a million or two million dollars. They don't expect you to hire a lot of people because uh, that's what two employees in the states, like one million, two million, right? Because the devs are really expensive. But the thing about Southeast Asia and the reason why a lot more investors are looking to Southeast Asia is because they can see that. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. <laughs> 